Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast, our video edition. This is John Borden, and I'm here with Brian Bush, who is your play-by-play man, of course, for all Michigan basketball games. We've been on a pause for this past week, missed the Michigan State and the Purdue games, but looks like, right now, it looks like we're online to uh, take on Illinois, at Illinois, on Friday night, and what a monumental return game if it goes forward. First of all, Brian, welcome back to the podcast. Good to be here, John. Thanks for having me. You bet. This game is uh, about as tall an order, I would think, as you could ask, especially coming off an enforced downtime. You've got an Illinois team that's all fired up, wanted to be uh, have a piece of the Big Ten championship last year. Uh, has a little tension, natural tension going on with Michigan. Now has a team that has not played here in this past week and has them on their own court. It, it just looks like a, a a really tough game for Michigan. Yeah, I mean it is. This is a hostile environment. It, it's funny, you know, when I when I got this this job. Uh, obviously, you know about uh, you know about the obvious rivalries. The one thing that really struck me that surprised me was in my first year we went to Illinois. This was the year that everything shut down in um, you know in March. So this was I think December of 2019. And man, Illinois just doesn't like Michigan. And I, that really I, I, I listen. I know Michigan has a target on its back and stuff like that. But it was, you know, I had a few people, you know, yell at me. I'm like, believe it or not, I'm not playing. 510 Brian Bush is not going to be participating in today's game, fortunately, for, for everyone involved. But there's always been that there. And then you add what happened last season, you add the timing of of this pause. And, and you know, the people who think that this was done in a in a strategic way or in a way to avoid like what are we doing here? Michigan. As we've talked about, John, Michigan needs the types of games that they did not play over the last week. Uh, so all of that was so fabricated. And it's just it's just not true. Uh, but listen, as we all know, uh, fan bases will find their own motivation. They'll find their own reasons to dislike the team coming in. Uh, Illinois fans will have plenty of reasons. Uh, Hunter Dickinson over the offseason certainly fueled that a little bit. Uh, and listen, I, I I like that. That's interesting stuff. That's fun. But when you're coming in after a pause and your team's struggling a little bit, you know, this is the time to try to back it up. We saw that from Hunter in the second half in particular at Rutgers. He felt like he needed to take this team on his back. And and listen, I, I don't think I'm, you know, breaking any news by saying the, the Kofi Coburn-Hunter Dickinson battle will go a long way in determining this game. Mm-hmm. Last year, teams got to have a little time to – practice and, and condition and get back ready to, to play, as I recall. Uh, this time around, just jumping right back into action, do you think there'll be any after effects of 
Michigan not practicing the past few days and uh, trying to get ready to play this one? I don't think so. I think, you know, remember, you know, last year when Michigan had that that pause, it was two weeks, right? And it was a full team thing. There wasn't this kind of wave where you could have guys come in for some individual work. I, I do think that Coach Howard will have to be maybe a little bit more creative with his rotation, with the, the distribution of the minutes. But I don't think it's anything that, you know, will be earth shattering. Listen, they're, they're going to sleep well on, on Saturday morning when they get back into Ann Arbor. I can assure you of that. Um, and it, I do think it's kind of helpful that Michigan has this game on a Friday to kind of help out going into the Tuesday home game next week. But I, I don't worry too much about that, uh, even though I, I do think it has to be at least present in Coach Howard and this staff's minds that, that they haven't played since last Tuesday. Okay. If, if that's not a big worry, certainly Illinois is. Talk about what you've seen out of that team this year. Man, I mean, they're good, and it, it starts with Kofi Coburn. Um, what he and, – and really, you know, it's easy to just say, oh, well, this is a great rebounding team because of Kofi Coburn. And and listen, he's a big catalyst for it, but but this is a team that really prides itself on the glass on both ends. They, they rebound on an offensive rate of, of 40-something percent. They are tremendous at that. Uh, Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams are, are huge luxuries. They're fifth-year seniors. Uh, they're, they're kind of the Eli Brooks-style mode of, you know, this is kind of bonus. It's found money that you have these guys. Uh, and, and Frazier really was the key for them to uh, avoid a, a pretty bad loss at Nebraska back on, uh, on Tuesday night. So, you know, this is a, this is a group that uh, they're, they're pretty veteran. They're very talented. Uh, they have one of the most unique players in college basketball in Kofi Coburn. You just don't see guys like that. Um, this team's tough. It's going to be a real battle. They score at a high level. Uh, they can defend at a pretty decent rate. Um, but but Michigan's got to be able to hold its own on the inside. And, and I'm really curious to see how Hunter, how Musa Diabate, uh, how this interior for Michigan will be able to handle him because – as we saw in the loan meeting last season, that was not what Michigan was able to do. Right. I'd ask you to expand on that last point a little bit. You're talking about what you, uh, what you're interested in seeing. What would we all see that could, regardless of the outcome of the game, uh, that could signal some positive signs of growth in this Michigan team? I think you've got to be able to find a way to I, – I don't think you have to break even on an offensive rebound perspective, but you can't allow them to just dominate you at second chance points, dominate you in the rebounding margin. If Michigan, When we talked about the Michigan State game last week, I thought it was a key just to, to hold your own from the three-point line. For this, it's hold your own within five feet of the basket. Don't get dominated in that area. And, and I do think what will be important to monitor is can Michigan stay out of foul trouble? Because Kofi Coburn draws fouls at a crazy rate. Um, he's going to get the benefit of a 50-50 whistle because of the, the home game for Illinois, because of just how he plays and how he draws fouls. Uh, Hunter and Musa and anyone else who's in that situation, they need to be cognizant of that. And, and if they are, uh, then yeah, they, they've got a chance to make this a good game. You've got so many moving parts to what is uh, I know Jawan Howard hopes is a team that will come together and get better and better as, as this season goes along. Um, what, what is the danger 
if uh, if Michigan doesn't start to take those strides and smooth it out for particularly the freshmen to maybe lose a little bit of confidence, uh, which they had in abundance coming in, and uh, and for a guy like Devontae Jones who is plugged in into a new situation, I, I, I'm just I'm just wondering uh, how Juwan Howard and these coaches uh, keep encouraging this group so that they can you know, to just to facilitate that improvement as you go along. Yeah, I think that, you know, Coach Howard has been pretty upfront about, you know, he's not going to openly criticize players. You don't hear very much criticism from him in the, you know, in the open environment, in press conferences, around media members, at games, right? I mean, you know, we really don't see him a whole lot um, you know, show mannerisms of of critique and of criticism. We've seen him some this year. Don't get me wrong; there have been plenty of examples, but he he tries to avoid that. Uh, for me, I'm not so concerned about the confidence side. I just think Michigan needs to see it from a lot of these players more consistently. Uh, Caleb Houston has shown flashes. Musa Diabate, of course, has shown flashes. We know what Hunter Dickinson is capable of. Uh, this is a team that had I mean, Devontae Jones had a few ga- a few games where he has really put on the type of, of performance and the stat line that we expected to see from him uh, more consistently. The Big Ten is so tough that what made Michigan so great last season was that y- you just kind of could pencil in a small range of outcomes for each player, and that was so difficult for other teams to combat. This season, we're not seeing that as much. We've seen flashes. We've seen some moments. But you can't be a flash in the pan and be able to go out there and win a lot of games. We saw it at Rutgers. Michigan, I thought, played pretty well in stretches during that game, but they weren't consistent enough. They have not put together that 40-minute performance. Yeah, I'm not going to throw Nebraska in that. No disrespect to them. But if, if, you're, if your best performance is at Nebraska, then you've got some work to do. But Michigan needs to put together one of those games where they play a full 40 and they have guys who can be multifaceted, can be versatile, and can play with that consistency that you just need. Illinois has done that pretty well this season. Michigan State has done that pretty well. Purdue, outside of of one or two laws, has been that way all season. That's what you need to compete at this level and in this Big Ten. And and Michigan, I I do think, has the, the pieces and has the puzzle to do that. But it just hasn't been there enough, and Big Ten teams will make you pay. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you this, and I was asked this recently. 
um, the games that have been postponed, Michigan State, Purdue, do you expect that they will be able to eventually make those up? I, I do. I think if it were to be any more beyond that, it might be a little bit challenging. But there are – I think you got to look for gaps there where you have basically four – you know, a four day gap between games so that you can put, you know, three games in five days. There are a few instances of that, that match up on, on Michigan and Michigan state schedule. I haven't looked as in depth on the Purdue side, but listen, we all know that, that a big piece of all of this is, is the, the monetary side, right? And, and Michigan, Michigan state in basketball is a primo uh, event. So I do think they're going to find a way now. Unfortunately for the TV networks, they're probably not going to be able to get it on a Saturday unless they really get creative with moving around schedules. And I don't expect that just because, you know, last year you didn't have to worry about, you know, 12,000 paid customers coming to your arena. This year you do. But I, I do think they'll find a way to at least, you know, reschedule both of those games. Uh, if, if any others get lost, and hopefully it's not, you know, because of another issue on the Michigan side, hopefully it would just be, hey, you know what, this – there are going to be other outbreaks, other issues in the Big Ten. Uh, if you lose another game, it might be really tough. But I'd be surprised if they didn't at least get one or both of those games rescheduled. And then, you, you know, you just cross your fingers from there. All right. I, I want to shift gears for a moment and uh, and talk some football. Obviously, you are an integral part of the uh, Michigan Radio football team uh, as well, along with uh, – uh, a number of our friends in the uh, in the broadcasting business. I, I want to uh, focus on what we seem in this limbo land. Uh, you know, if you take a step back, you realize Jim Harbaugh is still under contract to be Michigan's head coach. He's still in Schembechler Hall, working on recruiting, working on spring practice, working on. Uh, everything that he would normally be doing as if he were uh, uh, going to be Michigan's coach for the next six or seven years. And uh, he may well be, this may, uh, we, you know, he may be about to sign an extension that uh, represents his last contract, but Michigan football fans are, are hanging on the edge as if there's some other shoe that's going to drop. Um, how do you characterize where we're at right now in in knowing what's going to happen with Michigan football going forward in the immediate future. Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of people um, in sports who who you can kind of get a sense and a feel for which way something's going to go. Again, you can't you can't read every report um, and just assume that that's exactly accurate because with something like this, there are reports everywhere. Everyone has an opinion. There's a mesh of opinion and fact, opinion and 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 belief, whatever it might be. Um, Jim Harbaugh is one of the one of the few, I think, who who really does kind of go to the beat of his own drum, and he's not going to use the media to leak things or vice vice versa. Um, remember when he, you know, when he came to Michigan in the first place. Uh, who knows if that would have happened if the 49ers would have made the playoffs because he doesn't, you know, he's very firm on, I don't look at other things or consider other things until the previous season is over. So, you know, I, I, I do think, listen, 
no one can or should feel totally secure until that press release comes out, until there's that public committing. And I, I do understand the the concern and the wonder about the Raiders because they made the playoffs. This would be a lot easier, I think, if you know the Raiders had missed the playoffs, or I don't know if there was like a triple overtime, triple tie, or whatever the heck happened last week. That was amazing. Um, you know, I think that's the one that I understand people's question and concern because if the Raiders go to Cincinnati this week and get blown out, you still have an interim coach there. Uh, I, I understand that concern. Um, I think it's easy to get pretty overwhelmed and, and questioning and reading every single report. And I get it. I'm, I'm just like that with everybody else. But uh, I think the, the history has told us about Jim Harbaugh that, you know, uh, we're going to find out when he wants us to find out. And I, I do think that, listen, on the Michigan side, I, I think Michigan's doing absolutely everything it can to put itself in position to make this continued partnership as fruitful as possible. Right. It's also the NFL, right? Like I can, I can understand the allure. We all can, but I, I think, I think right now we should all just be as patient as we can be. Uh, but understanding that we're probably going to know uh, when, when he wants us to know. Right. Let's just assume for a moment that he stays and uh, talk about, if you will, how crucial it is or how important it is to keep as much of this staff together as they possibly can. In my opinion, this is far and away the best staff he has had in his years at Michigan and obviously did a remarkable job in pulling everything together last year, winning the Big Ten Championship, knocking down, you know, slaying the dragon that has been Ohio State, all of that. Your thoughts on what it would mean if this same crew comes back essentially intact. They have obviously uh, lost their defensive line coach to USC, but for the most part, uh, you could keep this together. Yeah, I mean, you're going to always have to patch some holes like Sean Newell leaving, and and, and there, there, there's going to be turnover, right? It's just that's how it is in college football. Um, but I, I think just from the recruiting momentum side, I, I think the Orange Bowl and Michigan season was a very, very clear picture of where Michigan has improved and where Michigan still needs to improve. And I think that the latter half of that is they've got to recruit more talent. They have to recruit more stars. They have to re- recruit better players. Not this. I mean, the, they have a ton of talent here, but it's about continuously bulking that recruiting up. And it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to just flip, you know, from a, a the ninth or eighth best recruiting class in the country to number two or number one. But it's a gradual growth. There, there might not be a, a program in college football that has more momentum, more upward trajectory than Michigan football. So. That for me, listen, the coaching aspect is certainly important and that's going to be vital once we get into it. But right now in this situation, in this time is, you know, they're still trying to get some guys for, for that second signing day in February. They're trying to, you know, obviously they're looking through the transfer portal, stuff along those lines. That's where I think in the immediate term, you need to keep that staff intact because I mean, listen, I, I think there's, there's real room for excitement about what Michigan has done in recruiting. Uh, they've clearly recruited, you know, uh, even you look at the offense. I mean, Josh Gaddis came in here and said, we need to recruit a different type of player, a different type of athlete. 
and I, I'd say that's worked. I said, I, I say that's been successful. Um, just imagine if you could get Mike McDonald in that type of mode for a couple of years and get a few more recruiting classes where it's his vision, his guys. Um, that to me is where it's most important. Um, and so far so good, but obviously you never know things can change. You know, Mo Linguist was in, with the program for a couple months and, and he left and, I mean, listen, that was that at the time was looked at as a, a real disappointment, a real bummer for the program. And then you go and get Steve Klingscale. So it's not the end of the world if you lose pieces. Um, but I, I do think that Michigan would be best served holding on to as many as possible, both from an X's and O's standpoint and more imminently that recruiting side. Mm-hmm. And talking about recruiting, it begs another question. Uh, and that is simply this. I know I've talked to Ward Manuel myself. Uh, Michigan's athletic director, and he he says that they're not going to use uh, the NIL as a recruiting pitch in terms of okay, if you uh, to recruit X, if you come here, here's what we're going to give you. Here's uh, that sort of thing. You look at a Texas A&M, and they've got their their boosters lined up with uh, thirty million dollars or or whatever the figure is. They said between twenty and thirty, and and they set up a sort of a template. Okay, here's what it's going to be if uh, if player X comes here. How does Michigan, in your mind, walk the fine line between doing things the right way, which it has always been committed to doing, and competing against uh, those who are you know cannons out for for NIL and making sure that players know here's what's available i i just think it's important looking broadly to understand that you know you're not ranked come september by the recruiting classes that you had in the previous three years michigan does not need to beat texas a&m alabama georgia in recruiting every year they don't need to beat them in stars they need to be close enough to give them that chance to then out coach them come the big games. And I think Michigan is certainly getting there because that was kind of the battle against Ohio state. Wasn't it? Ohio state had continued to get better classes on paper, but Michigan needed to get close enough and then be able to, you know, exert their will like they did on November 27th. So uh, listen, Michigan will probably never have the number one recruiting class in college football based on what you, you know, what you laid out there with, with what they're going up against. But if you can get close, if you can develop, if you can get guys to basically, you know, maybe they come in as a three or a four star recruit when they're, you know, when they're true freshmen, but then they become four star or five star players once they get a couple of years under your system. I mean, there are plenty of examples of that on Michigan side of three star guys who become legitimate pieces who, you know, an A&M, a Georgia and Alabama would love to have on their roster. So it's about getting in that ballpark. It's about being in the zip code and, and Michigan's trending that way. But no, I, I think they're going to stay firm to, to what is, to what is the core principle of this program of this athletic department, but also tweak and adjust in order to make sure that they're still taking advantage of some of these, you know, newfound ways to recruit, to go about things. And, and, and I think over the last 12 to 18 months, you've really seen Michigan dig in on that. Well stated and an absolutely fantastic point about uh, using uh, Ohio State as an example. We had begun to hear from people, 
they're just not going to beat Ohio State anymore because of the the talent gap. It's just not going to happen. And I think people were a little uh, wounded and gun shy because of uh, a couple of blowouts in a row against the Buckeyes. And then all of a sudden, you are able to defend them better. You are able to put yourself in a position to to run the football and control that game. And we saw that 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 just wasn't so. They were close enough to get it done. Yeah, and also, think of it this way. They also got fortunate because the game was at home. The other two close calls or the other two times during this this recent you know run of dominance for Ohio State, Michigan had to go to their place. So there's, a, there's some timing and some fortunate aspects there, and, and you have to take advantage of it. The, the whole point of the recruiting side is to put yourself in that position. Uh, I think John Beeline said it all the time, be in position to be in position. Put yourself there. It doesn't guarantee anything. But if you're in the same wavelength and the same zip code, you've got you you can do it because then you can coach better, you can execute better, you can motivate better. That to me is where it's done. Don't the recruiting rankings are not the be all end all. This does not guarantee that Texas A and M is going to win a national championship in the next few years. They have, they sure as heck have a better chance in the next three years than they had in the previous ten. Don't get me wrong; they have increased their likelihood. But that does not – it's not a be-all, end-all by any stretch. Sure. I've always said I, I, I would take a uh, another three-star Mike Hart or two-star Braylon Edwards any day of the week. So, Brian Bush, thanks for your all your insights. Uh, you're always a great guest. We appreciate you. We'll be listening uh, for you on uh, Friday night against the uh, Illini. And uh, as I said, we, uh, we thank you so much for coming to join us. Happy to do it, John. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.